Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for joining me on The Way Home. And I do hope that you learn something today, maybe become inspired by, from my wonderful guests. I have a friend and a fellow radio broadcaster on the show today. He's also an entrepreneur and a consultant for business strategy. He helps people grow their businesses and also maybe even just start a business. And in this climate today, with everything that's going on with the economy, with coming out of a pandemic, with looming dread of potential recession and stuff, people probably are asking, how do I keep my business going in this climate? Or should I even start a new business because people still, um, as they have for all time, have the desire to start something new and fresh and start a business, start a company. Well, Tom Stout is my guest today, and he's the president of Burston Marketing and also, as I said, a business strategy consultant and the host of Know Your Business, his weekly radio program. And it's all being sponsored today by somebody who knows fruits and vegetables. That would be Balance of Nature, Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. They know food, they know produce, and they know which are the ones that your body needs on a daily basis to get the impact, uh, the nutritional impact truly that you need to stay healthy as much as you possibly can with everything that's out there in the world. Good nutrition is an immune booster. And who doesn't need a boosted immune system right now? I think everybody does. And so uh, fruits and vegetables, as much as we love it, you know, I've been going to the market and sometimes they're just out of things right now. And, you know, it's harder to get your hands on things, not to mention it's quite expensive. And if you sit there and you chop up all those vegetables on a daily basis, it's a lot of work and eating them in their purest form, maybe raw, is is not always the most uh, delectable way to have a, a vegetable. So uh, we turn to different methods of cooking and things like that, which unfortunately takes out some of the nutrition. So balance of nature really helps on all of those fronts, it says, you know what? We're going to get the produce for you. We are going to put the ones together that work the best in concert for your body. And we're going to make them accessible in their purest form in a capsule after pulverizing them and um, getting the water taken out of them. They found a way to get the incredible impact of 31 fruits and vegetables into these capsules. And I take them every day, have been doing so for probably more than 10 years now. My family has as well. And many friends who have seen me and seen the impact on my life. I absolutely love it. I feel so good when I take it. And I feel good on a lot of different levels when I take it, because I know that I'm doing something that is good for myself. You can do the same thing, but you can get a discount If you mention my name and put it into the promo code, that's how they know that you were hearing it about it here on the way home. And um, and that way you get your 35 percent off your first preferred order. You also get free shipping um, as well. So it's really the way to go. So put Laura into the promo code when you go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com, and you order that way online. Or if you order over the phone, you tell the very nice person on the line that Laura is the promo code. So you get your discount. The number is super easy to remember. It's one of those that if you kind of say it a couple times, you'll not forget it. 800-2468-751. 800-2468-751. 
51. And on that note, let's hear about either maintaining your business, starting a new business. Have you ever had uh, a feeling like you've just always wanted to have a certain product or company? Tom Stout's on the way to give us some fabulous tips for getting through this crazy climate that we're in right now in the world of business, but coming out the other side for the better. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. I have the great good fortune of meeting some wonderful people in the radio business um, while I'm doing my new morning show in Indiana and the afternoon show in Greenwich, Connecticut. And one of my favorite new shows and new people that I've met recently is a business owner in Northern Indiana who also does business consulting in addition to his business. We'll talk about that, but he also does consulting and that's for anybody anywhere around the world. Uh, now with technology, he can do uh, all sorts of consulting online uh, for you. And he's really, um, he's got a great story and he has a great business called Burston, Burston Marketing. And it's one of those uh, companies where you can get your logo put onto anything, anywhere. In fact, uh, you just got back from France, Tom Stout. Tell, tell us about that very cool event that you handled all the branded stuff for. Yeah, I did. I uh, just came back from France. We were there for two weeks. We handled the merchandise program for Corvette Racing for General Motors. So we actually have a store. We go to Le Mans, France for the 24 hours of Le Mans race, which is a bucket list race for anybody that's a race fan. And uh, we go there and set up an actual business, a store, and sell logo branded product for Corvette racing. So Corvette, they've been racing in this race for probably 20 years. And we've actually had a store there for maybe 11 or 12 years, set a physical. It's, it's huge. It's a big store. We actually have a race car in our store. It's so cool. And uh, so the fans all come to look at the car, look at the merchandise. And uh, they just love it because they love the USA made type merchandise and they love the Corvette branding. And it's quite the experience, but it's quite the workload, too. I mean, we have a, we hire a staff in France. We hire French-speaking workers. And we're open maybe 15, 18 hours a day. It's crazy, the environment. <laughs> oh, not, not quite the vacation. <laughs> I was thinking you were on over there, maybe, you know, selling for a couple of hours and then going and walking downtown Paris or something like uh, that. No, no. We did get some Paris time afterwards. But during the race, I mean, seriously, you're open from about 8 or 9 in the morning till 1 in the morning. So you're, you're there forever and you just turn around and you know you go to your hotel, come back the next morning and start up. You literally could stay open 24 hours a day. I mean, did you that. say that? Yeah. Did you say that the, the actual race is 24 hours? It is. It's, it starts on Saturday at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, their time and it ends on Sunday then at four in the afternoon. Yeah, it's 24 hours. So it's amazing. You, you go and you're, you know, we have our store up until one, two in the morning, race night, Saturday night, go to bed come back the next day and it's like, okay, who's still in the race? Because you think about it, cars running 24 hours. It's like, it's a miracle that they can even survive or last through that. So it's a miracle with what gas prices the, are these <laughs> exactly days right. that, that they can even afford to be in the race in a different country, especially, but so it's a cool event, you know, so we do the merchandise for general motors for racing. We do the merchandise for the Chevy Camaro. We do merchandise for GM for the, the electric cars, all their new electric vehicles, Silverado and the bolt and the bolt and, and then we do the Corvette, the actual Corvette, the streetcar. We have a catalog and website. So nice merchandise programs. You know, they're uh, full. 
either a printed catalog or just a web program. So it's and um, you do all the you do apparel, you do you do mugs, you do everything. So is this for anybody around the world? I guess maybe it is if yeah, France yeah. is engaging you in this as well. Yeah, it's anywhere around the world. So yeah, these programs we do for GM. You know, they, they sound really big and they are, but we also do the same thing for companies just direct. So if somebody needs to buy T-shirts or ball caps or mugs or something with their logo on it, we do all that. And you can buy small quantities. But the cool thing about working with us is that we have the buying power and we have the selection because of our merchandise programs with GM. You know, a lot of companies don't get to, to buy certain product lines because they can't buy enough of it or we can because of those programs. So if you, example, where do I sell the Corvette product at besides the racetrack? If you buy a new Corvette within a, like two weeks, you'll get our catalog in the mail. And then so you're pumped to you get your new car. You want to buy some drinkware, jacket, hat, whatever it is. It's all in the catalog. And you go online and place an order. How very cool is that? Now, is this a business that you started yourself, Tom Stout? Uh, tell us the story of Burston Marketing. Yeah, it is a business I started on my own. I, I've been in this industry forever. Honestly, since I was a kid, I've hustled, you know, selling promotional items, ink pens with your name on it. I sold, you know, all greeting cards. I sold anything as a kid, you know, one of those guys. But I kept developing and I went to work for a company in Chicago eventually doing this exact thing and decided um, I was a good employee, but I, I hated working for someone else. So I had to start my own business. So I started it with the principle. I just wanted to do things better. And, you know, it's been many years ago and I just wanted to do it better and different because we really, I wanted to care and take care of my clients, which is so funny because that's what's in vogue now, so to speak. Not that it hasn't in the past, but for the longest time, people just didn't care. You know, they just did business. You know, if you want to order shirts, they just made your shirts and didn't care if they were folded properly or taken care of in a certain way or certain quality, certain branding, you know. But so we hooked up with General Motors actually for the Hummer. The Hummer, the big four-wheel drive vehicle. Yes. I did the home merchandise program for the Hummer. Um, at the point that GM retired that brand, we had a 100-page catalog we were putting out and selling merchandise all over the world. And uh, it was an incredible program. Then recession hit, the last uh, recession hit, but the <laughs> gas prices went up and the housing market was crashing and, and GM had to kill a brand. So they killed that brand. So that program went away. But that was my start with General Motors. And then moved into the Corvette, then the Camaro, and then the other electric products they have. And now we're kind of their, you know, their shining child there with the, uh, we set the example for other licensees because we take care of their branding and their logos for them. Yeah, very exciting. It's really kind of the the all-American story and business, and you're carrying these all-American brands. You, in addition to running and owning Burston Marketing, you're also a consultant. So, um Anybody that needs any advice um, in terms of starting a business or running a business or keeping a business going under circumstances maybe that we're going through right now, you're a consultant. So you work with people um, who retain you and you have a lot to teach. Tell I mean, this I can't imagine um, what small business owners are currently going through. You, I feel like we're hearing constantly conflicting stories, like either it's like it's business is great because COVID is supposedly kind of over and now people are back in it or it's no, we're, we're getting ready for this big recession and everybody is out of supply. Like running a business right now, I would imagine is, is not only daunting, but it's dicey. And tell us, is it, can, can somebody who maybe wants to open a new business right now, whether it's in Elkhart, Indiana, or it's in Greenwich, Connecticut, is now a good time to, to open a new business, Tom Stout, and is it possible for it to be successful? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of things there. I, I'm an optimist on all of it. You know, they, the, the world will get a recession eventually here because everybody's planning for it. You know, that's, that's what I find receptions are. Our recessions are everybody talks about it enough and eventually it happens. You know, it's like you think they all start, stop their spending and start changing their habits. Well, that's what's going to happen. But I think some of the best businesses have been started in downtimes and then during recessions and during the, you know, COVID and so on. So I think it's always a good time to start a business, but you have to do it carefully. I'm not suggesting someone goes out and takes their life savings and, you know, throws it all on the line, says, here I am, and, and hope you make it. You have to plan for it. You have to be resilient. You know, if anything, um, COVID taught us was businesses and business owners or people that are going to open a business or start a business, they really need to understand their business, meaning money, understand their numbers. It used to be a day you could just, you know, get a building, rent a building, rent a space, put your sign up, so to speak, and start selling your products. And you had a pretty good chance of making it. Uh, those days, I think, are over. I really, they've been over for quite a while. I think that um, there's a lot of um, ways you can start a business nowadays, so it's actually easier. It's easier because you can uh, collaborate with people all over the world. You know, you think of what happened with Zoom as soon as we get with COVID. I mean, we're talking to people all over the world. People are teaching us things, showing us things. Um, you can hire artists. You can hire people to do anything for you online as far as graphically and writing and things you need, legal work and so on. So that's, that's nice for starting a business. Um, you're able to do it from your home. You know, it's acceptable to have a Zoom call. It's acceptable to have, uh, be a working at home or have a home office and some of those things. So before you might have had to uh, have a little bit of cooler environment where you're starting your business so you look good, the perception of you looked better and so on. But now you're able to start um, in a different fashion. So I'd say yes. So I would say yes, starting a business now is good. I think you have to be uh, resilient. I think you have to... Um, you have to think it through because I think um, whatever your idea is, you, you have a lot of ways to validate it nowadays, meaning, you know, on the web and so on. There's a lot of people that help people like myself. You know, I sit down with um, small business ideas and owners all the time. And it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I laugh because I hesitate because you, you want to support them, but a lot of people really should not start a business. Certain ones. I mean, they just, they just don't understand what it takes, but the ones that do, um, they have to do the legwork. I mean, there's certain steps that you have to take. There's certain things you have to do to be successful. And um, the first step by, you know, some of them, I think they, they come up with a business name. One of the examples that I find that be interesting is that they'll have a business name for their new business or their operation. And then I'll say, okay, and you have your domain name registered for the website. And they're like, no, but I'll get it later. I'm like, no, uh, we need to get it now because if they don't match, if you, if your domain doesn't doesn't no name name doesn't match your business name, you have no chance of success here. And so it's amazing that those little things that they forget that you really need to do. So there's a lot of legwork up front, I guess, is what I'm saying that you need to do before you even consider if it's a good idea. Because you know, there's other things as far as your business idea. If you ask your family um, about your idea, most people are going to tell you it's a good idea because they're your friends. They don't want to hurt your feelings. You know, if your friend came to you and said, hey, I'm going to start selling X or whatever it is. I mean, you've had it happen to you, too, I'm sure, Laura. I mean, people will say something. You're like, oh, that's yeah, that's good. You know, but, you know, you might you might tell them the truth, but you usually nod your because you don't want to rain on their parade. Um, but I think nowadays you can um, ask your friends and family, get whatever opinion they've got. But you can also put it out for little surveys and and um, and things on the Internet to where people can give you their input from around the world, which is so cool. You know, you may not like it, but you can put it out there and say, hey, what do you think of this idea? Or, I mean, I have a friend, Richard Paul Evans. He's a famous author, 
uh, the Christmas box and all these different books. He's probably got 30 New York Times bestsellers. And he'll still put out a little survey and say, which of these book covers do you like? Which of these titles do you like? I mean, a man that needs no money. He, I mean, it's nothing for that, but it's just down to basics. So right. I think that's what I'm saying for a startup of a business. We have the ability to ask anybody now and to get and get input without us just sitting at home scared to death to start a little business and wondering, you know, you have to be willing to put it out there and say, okay, whatever they tell me, I'm okay. I'll listen to it. You know? Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of practicality. You have to have the practical steps, but there's also this sort of not impractical, but the things that you don't see behind a successful business. And I'm always curious about this. So you'll have two restaurants, same climate, the same pandemic happened, the same, you know, they're both, you know, high quality food. One is absolutely struggling. The other one, you can't get a reservation in right, because right. it's just so busy. Or it could be um, a clothing shop. You see that they've cut down on their hours drastically because they don't have enough, you know, people in there and they can't find workers. And the store right next to it is literally teeming with customers. What is what are some of the intangibles, Tom Stout, that you can tell us about that you must have in order to have a successful business? You know, I think it starts at the top. I think the owner, the manager, whoever it may be, they have to have a burning desire to make it happen. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you have to, you have to want to make it happen. I know that sounds simple, but so many business owners, I call it playing business. They just show up, you know, they think, okay, I'm, I'm going to work today and I'll go through the motions, but you have to have the strong desire to make this thing a success. So you start there, but then um, going down from there is um, the perception of the business. So many people that are running the business or owns the business, they see their businesses different than the public does. It's one of those situations. So they don't understand how the customer's seeing them, and that's why they're not successful. And what that means, it starts with their imaging and their branding, which is something we are big on here at Burstum because we work with our clients on that all the time. I mean, even when you just pull up to a business, what's your perception? You know, I had a banker friend of mine once tell me, he says, they can judge a business in about three seconds, you know, because if a new company says, hey, come over, we're going to switch banks and we're switching banks. We want you to come be our banker. And you pull up and you and the exterior of your building is a sign of what's going on inside. You know, so you pull up and the grass isn't cut, the windows are dirty or whatever it may be. Then you go inside and things are in disarray or whatever. But that's how the customer sees. So they're going to make a decision, your customer to not support you. We're not going to shop there. We're not going to come see you where the other place is buttoned up. They're all about service. The image is good. The branding's good. When you get there, the message you get, you're welcome. Thank you. We want to take care. It's all good. So it's a consistent message throughout the whole process. Think about, I mean, we don't do it so much nowadays because of with the phone and so on, but when you used to have to call someplace new, and they answered the phone. You couldn't even understand what half these companies said when they answered the phone. You know, it was XYZ company. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you didn't even know what they're saying. You're like, what? And so immediately you're, you're put off with it. So that's little, but that goes really big. It goes deep within the company. So that answers your question of why one company is successful and the other is not. It's a consistent branding or consistent message throughout the whole company. And every little detail has to show it. If it's the signage, if it's the, the workers, how are they dressed, the signage outside, the tags on the products, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're met. Nowadays, it's your website, you know, it's your LinkedIn representation, it's Facebook, it's all those things have to have a consistent message and not a message that um, your uncle made for you because you think he's a graphic designer. I'm saying you got you to pull effort into this and, and, and get it right because that's, you know, your, your whole branding is, is up for grabs for as far as people uh, making a judgment about you. 
Absolutely. And it used to be, you know, people talked about a lot about how customer service was so important. Is that still in the in the age of technology, uh, how humans react and, and treat each other? How important is that still in business? Can you be successful without having much interaction and great interaction with your customer base? I think you have to up your game because you have less face-to-face with customers nowadays. So you do have to up your game to give different types of customer service. You have to go above and beyond, but it has to come from uh, wanting to serve the customer. That's a hard thing for people to understand. And that seems like, you know, getting real spiritual and woo-woo here, but it's not. You have to want to take care of that customer because why else are you there? It's my business is a perfect example. You can buy t-shirts with your logo on it from 5,000 different places on the internet. But if you want the right experience and you want the right product on the right time and never miss a deadline and we take care, you know, we, that's why you come to burst and marketing. When we had clients, this is the craziest thing, but every order of t-shirts we make for a client, we fold every t-shirt, put them in order by size, box them by size. We make your life so easy. That sounds like who cares? Well, you go on the internet, I guarantee and order some t-shirts. They bundle them up in a bundle, throw them in the box, put some tape on and ship it to you. People have told me, we made their day, we made their life easier at events because they show up that way. But that's what happens here inside of Burston. Our logos Super. are inspected. Yeah, I mean, yes. it, it's, it's the whole thing from top to bottom. Yes, I, w- I was going to say super serving your customer. That's right. that's right. And remember that old adage? I mean, I remember hearing this when I was little and I used to be perplexed by it. But then I, as I got older, I said, well, that's true. And now it's interesting again, but the customer is always right. That was a thing we used to always say. Is that true anymore? Does that hold any water? Does that or is or is that archaic? Like you know, our grandmother's yeah. jalopy. <laughs> what like you know? It, 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 uh, be honest, they're they're not always right, but you have to treat them as if they're always right because they're going to go out on social media and bash you. There's the right. problem. There is the problem right there. We have because our problem here is that we have customers that buy corporate merchandise, like you'll buy it with your logo on it, and then we have people that buy from our catalogs. And people who buy from the catalogs are not very forgiving or on websites. They expect miracles when miracles can't happen sometimes. So those are the customers who will give us a bad review. Our, our corporate people give us great reviews. So we do have to take care of them. And you try and talk them off the ledge because sometimes, you know, we have no control over what happened with a pair of shoes that General Motors asked us to sell. You know, we didn't make the shoes. We had nothing to do with it, but they're mad because they didn't fit or whatever. But yeah, you do have to treat them as the customer's always right. And it's tough as a business. That's a tough thing to swallow because you want to write back on some of those reviews. You want to tell your side of the story. Absolutely. It's really hard. And I, you know, when you do read those reviews, they're helpful in many ways, but you can almost see the ones that are trolling and actually trying to get free this stuff or whatever, you know, you get, they're just so incredibly like rude and, and, uh, you know, neglect or just really not nice at all. So you can kind of see where they're coming from, but it is important. You're right, because this is the time where people will go on any platform now. And what, it, what they say about it is sometimes what gets the buzz. So it's something I don't think that uh, the people who started businesses, uh, you know, in the old days had to, had to worry about it was really just your integrity and word of mouth and, and things like that. We were talking earlier, uh, we were on your show uh, that's on, which I want to tell everybody is fabulous. You can find it. Know Your Business is the name of Tom's show. It's on Saturday mornings in uh, Northern Indiana, but uh, you can probably find the, the reruns of it. Do you have podcasts of it yet? Uh, or are we getting that? Uh, we're getting it. We're working on that. So they will be, but you can listen to the show through uh, tuned in, I believe on uh, 
in the app, 8 a.m. on uh, Eastern time, Saturday morning. Yes, know your business. And it's great. We were talking about uh, different aspects of business uh, when uh, we did the show. And um, it's it's interesting, but, you know, I think we mentioned something about Colonel Sanders because <laughs> Colonel exactly. Sanders knew my great uncle and he came driving up and the reputation that he had with that recipe and how, you know, so proprietary. And yet he had such a positive image. And you think about how, and he was probably, he started out as a poor boy, probably, I think in Kentucky, if I remember the story correctly, he and my uncle were both little kids at the same time in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, how you had to come up back then, it was really reputation wasn't the same as it is now, but you still had to maintain this, this incredible sense of quality. And that was, uh, you know, really something, the idea of quality um, means so much. And you were saying at Burston, that's exactly how you handle all your clients and your merchandise and everything is thought out as to how you send it out and how you interact with people. That That's a quality factor. So would you say that quality is definitely one of those guiding principles uh, behind any business, yeah, whether absolutely. you've got a pandemic or whether you've got a recession, if you want to be successful, is quality still important these days? Yeah. Quality is end up because the world is transparent. You know, everything about every business you can find out. So you have to put out a quality product. There's nothing you can hide. You know, in the the old days, as we call it or whatever, you know, you could do something maybe. And if it wasn't um, quite right, you could explain it away to the customer. But now they they, sometimes they know more than you do, you know, because they can go on the Internet and learn about things. So everybody's uh, BS meters up there. So they know they can they can they can read through it and. And they can decide. So, yeah, you do have to be upfront on quality and honesty. It's just um, it's one of those things that it's a different way because it's so transparent. And it, I think it's good. Honestly, our perfect in our world is that our world here at Burston is that there's no guessing anything. You know, there's no second. We just do what the, do what the right thing is. We do what's right. And, um, you know, you make mistakes, but you're humans. You tell that you tell the customer, hey, here's what happened. You know, the FedEx truck blew up or whatever it was. It's the truth. And they're like, OK. I get it. But if you try and dance around it like you could have in the days before anybody had any access to the Internet, you'll be in trouble nowadays. So, yeah. Right. Right. How many employees do you have at Burston Marketing? We have, on average, you have 20 and it goes up during the holidays, about 26, 28, depending on the year and, and what's going on for seasonal work for the catalog programs. Because daily we're filling orders from the Internet, plus producing orders, um, logo orders for direct for corporate clients. And so... Um, with this so-called like workers shortage, is yes. that something that you've experienced as well? 100%. Yeah. And I'm in an area where that's really tough to get workers because the RV industry is very strong here and they take all the workers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> tens of thousands of them they take and they're paying exorbitant salaries and benefits and so on. So we have to attract a worker a different way. We have to attract one that's not interested in that industry. They want a good work environment, want a different type of business and they want a smaller company and less stress and, and less hours. So, yeah, we have a hard time. So it does slow your growth a little bit. Um, you're only able to handle what you know you can with the amount of staff you have. And then there's the other part of this is the supply chain. It's a real thing. You know, it's it's, it's a real thing. It hundred percent is. Uh, you know, there. That's one of the things. If you go back to starting a business now, somebody needs to understand that for their industry, whatever your product is, understand the supply chain because you could. I have a friend who's a small business guy. He started it business is booming during COVID. They actually make products to go on fences, like hooks to hang plants and baskets and things. They're really cool. They're made out of plastic. He's booming because everybody's home, putting them on their fence. He has no inventory now. He can't get any because he was locked into one supplier in China versus they should have been made in the U.S. 
and he'd be okay. So at a small business, you've got to understand that. And the supply chain is an issue now with us and everyone else. It's getting better, but there are still major, major problems. So we have to sell what we can buy, so to speak. We're able to be flexible. A certain product line we can get, we market that, you know, versus putting everybody on hold and waiting for merchandise. And so is that a general rule for Americans starting a small business? Get your products made in America is or or they're trucker shortages also yeah. that are making it no. difficult. You know, it's it's all of that. And you can have it made overseas if you have the time to wait. The problem is that time to wait used to be 30 to 60 days or whatever is now four, six months, whatever it is. So it drags on. I mean, if I were starting a business nowadays and it was I was making some kind of widget or something, I definitely would look into try and produce it in the U.S. if I could. And there's a lot of enterprising companies out there that can make a lot of products here in the U.S. I mean, I know the cost may be a little bit higher, but Honestly, products from China and so on, when you add in the new labor costs and you add in the freight costs, it's not that much different anymore. Because I know when some of our products have doubled in cost from China and the freight is quadrupled. So, and it's taking longer. Right. And plus, you're not subsidizing your, right. your American neighbor. Yeah, very interesting. I, I've really been watching um, just the marketplace in general uh, through this whole time because it's interesting the survivors, the ones who have who have somehow stayed, you know, afloat and other ones who I, I always get sad when I see store yeah. closing signs. It's a, it's just a sad feeling all around. Even if you didn't frequent that business, you just you never want to think that somebody had to get to the point where they had to close their doors. But um, I'm hoping so whether or not there's more inflation to come and a recession to come, would you say if someone came to you and asked for your consulting services about starting a business, um, you would say yes if they had all their bases covered, Tom? Oh, absolutely, I would. I would say yes, and I would help them figure it out because planning is the key. Um, and I think you have a choice in a recession, too. This sounds a little crazy, but you don't have to participate. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's I, mean, I get it. Prices are going up. Things are going to happen. The market slows down, but you don't have to buy into that whole story. I've lived through two or three different recessions here at Burston, and we're still here. You know, I mean, it's um, you have a choice in how you handle it. Yeah, you got to cut back. You got to deal with your numbers. You got to take care of your business. That's key. But you don't have to lay down and just say, okay, you're going to beat me here. And I think that's I think some people during COVID wish they would have hung on a little longer. I'm not suggesting everybody gave up quick. I don't mean that at all because it was right. tough for us too. But I think someone probably wish they just hung on, downsized a little bit further, hung on a little bit more because now we're out of it. And you're right, you're seeing these buildings empty. And and it's over in Europe also. Like I said, I was in Paris. A lot of the stores we had frequent, so on, are empty now. So it wasn't just yeah. in the US. So but I think, you know, having a plan, I think the key is get your details down and start working on it. Go small to get it started. And, and you know, you'll come out okay and you can start your business. Absolutely. Well, if you are thinking of starting a business or you're already running one but want to know how to navigate through the waters um, that are happening right now and to come, Tom Stout is really a wonderful uh, person in all areas of business and he can help guide you through it. He can hold your hand, all that proverbial sure. stuff of what a business consultant can do for you. To me, it's an investment in your business. If you hire somebody like you, Tom, what you're doing is you are trying to have somebody show you the things that you might not be able to see because you've got so much on your plate when you're starting a business or running a business. So having somebody like you around is, I just think, a great idea. Um, if I ever start a business, I'm definitely calling you. <laughs> no, it's, it's the right thing because... 
I can lay out all the ideas of things you need to consider, and then you can choose which ones to work on. And I mean, because at least you can get them all out on paper and say, okay, all these things need to be addressed, because otherwise you may not know and you may skip some steps and it'll hurt you in the end. Absolutely. And I don't like to take advice from people who are not walking the walk right. and the talking to talk. So uh, Tom Stout, his business, Burston Marketing, B-U-R-S-T-O-N, for logoed products all around the world and the highest of quality. Um, you are still living in a highly, highly successful business, as you've said, that has made it through every up and down um, that there is. So you're, you're talking not only from experience, but, but from true expertise. So thank you so much for joining us today. How can people get in touch with you, Tom, if they hear this and they would like some guidance, whether it's a few hours they hire you for or, you know, ongoing for a year, whatever it is, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can call at 800-653-1375, or you can send me an email at letstalk at burston.com. Um, would probably be the best two ways, or just go to burston.com and you can see what we do there. Yes, B-U-R-S-T-O-N, B-U-R-S-T-O-N, burston.com, or letstalk at burston.com, and you'll be put directly in touch with the man himself, Tom Stout. And yes, by all means, tune in. Um, You can tune into the TuneIn app um, and hear his great radio show, Know Your Business, which is really It's a fun show. It's super full of great advice and tips. And I get to guest in with him sometimes. And it's just a lot of fun. He's a he's a real pro at what he does. Tom Stout, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on The Way Home. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. One of the top conversations of of the day has to be about this raging inflation that the entire country is being impacted by. Um, But I'm wanting to know a little bit more about uh, what we can do about it as um, taxpayers, as consumers. How are we being impacted by this? And are there any solutions? I know there's a new study out and we have someone here who's going to illuminate us on a whole bunch of different options, um, which uh, also include buy now, pay later. Want to hear all about that. My guest is Laura Adams. She is the author and host of the Money Girl podcast. I love that. Uh, what, a, what a great title. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Laura, it's my pleasure to be with you. First of all, the Money Girl podcast, um, it's been around for a while. It's, it's not that new, right? So um, you, have, you have a lot of experience talking to people about uh, money and, and where it's going and, and ha- what's happening. And right now, you must really have some great insight into this uh, inflation that we're going through and hopefully some kind of um, just some, some tips and overall strategy on how to deal with it. And, and maybe even you might have some ideas about if and when we're going to come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I do talk to a lot of people who are worried about inflation. And recently, Sunbit came out with a new survey conducted by the Harris Poll that found 81% of Americans are feeling financially squeezed. That's a lot of folks. Um, 79% said they are planning to cut back on their wants. But what was really interesting to me about this study is that 
67% say they're also cutting back on necessary services. So I'm talking about dentist visits, getting new eyeglasses, getting the car repaired, getting things at home fixed, like really necessary things. And if 67% of Americans are delaying those purchases, it really proves to me that, that people are hurting and they need some solutions right now. Absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. So uh, so people are, are doing these delays on things that are so important for them. Do, is, do they see it? Um, are we seeing this as a whole, as, as a temporary thing that's happening? Or are most Americans right now feeling like, oh, my goodness, this really could be here to stay? Yeah, I do think a lot of people are worried that this is long term. Um, I personally don't think it will be long term. I think we're going to see um, see it for some time, maybe another year or two. I do think we are going to see prices come back down. Uh, and it, it does depend on what we're talking about, whether it's real estate or gas prices. All of these individual markets uh, are different. And so if supply chain issues kind of smooth out, you know, hopefully we can see construction costs come down. Um, so it really depends on, you know, the actual industry that we're talking about. But what I'm hoping is that we can get back to a pre-pandemic level. Oh, boy. You and me both. So explain this um, buy now, pay later, which sounds a little bit to me like, you know, a good old fashioned credit system or, you know, what we used to do. Maybe you're much younger than me, but, you know, layaway kind of thing. Um, how is this an option? What's going on with this new model? So buy now, pay later means you are getting goods and services today that you can pay for over time. And it works differently than a credit card because you're getting approved upfront for a specific purchase. And in a lot of cases, you have a lot of flexibility. So the repayment terms, um, what I'm finding is that interest rates are much lower than credit cards. You have no fees, you have no penalties. So there are many benefits for consumers. And with Sunbit, they are available in over 13,000 locations nationwide in services like your dentist office, your doctor, maybe, you know, it's your veterinary uh, care, uh, maybe getting your car repaired. These are necessary services, which is what Sunbit specializes in. So instead of delaying that purchase, what I would encourage folks to do is be thoughtful about using credit really compare your options. If you're going to finance some dental work, for instance, a buy now, pay later option like Sunbit may be a cheaper way to go in the long term. So, you know, we don't need to finance everything. We don't need to finance uh, fancy vacations and luxury items. But if you do have something that is really, you know, significant for getting to work or improving your health, that's not something that you want to delay. Absolutely. I haven't heard of this before. So uh, when you say that the interest is lower than, than a typical credit card, how much lower? Yeah, so it depends on the approval that you get and the term that you're approved for. Um, but in a lot of cases, you know, we're talking about single digits of interest rates versus double digits of interest rates that you might have on your credit card. Um, so this is something I would encourage listeners to really keep an eye out for. In the Sunbit study, 69% said they were interested in using a buy now, pay later option for necessary services. But I do think a lot of people are unaware 
that they exist. They're not really familiar, you know, with how these work. And so we want consumers to know you have options, you know, just because you are hurting financially with inflation doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't go to the dentist or, you know, you shouldn't uh, get health care. Um, you may have some really affordable options to finance that purchase over a couple years. That is absolutely fascinating to me. Tell me a little bit about Sunbit again. Exactly what is it? Yeah, so Sunbit is a buy now, pay later option that allows consumers to pay for necessary services with flexible repayment terms. Um, so you want to just think of it as a kind of a, a new category of financing. And it's something that Sunbit is able to provide in, as I mentioned, 13,000 locations and counting nationwide. So you want to look for it when you are, let's say, at your, you know, at your doctor office or your, your vet care. Look for it. Um, You can also go to sunbit.com and find out where they are offering financing. So maybe you want to plan a purchase using a provider that offers Sunbit. Fantastic. How do you spell that? S-U-N-B-I-T. So sunbit.com is where you can go to learn more and, you know, really consider perhaps a more affordable way to pay for purchases that matter most to you. That is really something so interesting. I'm really grateful to hear about Sunbit and um, this new option, which um, doesn't sound so much like it's going to get people into trouble like uh, maybe credit cards traditionally have done over the years. This sounds really more like it's an option, a real option for important things for people over the next, hopefully, as you said, Laura Adam, in the next year or two, when we can see ourselves coming out of this um, inflation. Thank you so much for sharing this. I think uh, my listeners are going to be thrilled to hear about it. And where can they find you? Just the Money Girl podcast. If they, they Google you, they can find you there. That would be a great place to connect with me. And I hope folks will check out sunbit.com and learn a little bit more before they make a big purchase. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Laura Adam, author and host of the Money Girl podcast, talking about this fantastic new option called sunbit.com. Appreciate you being on the way home today very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Laura. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Oh, what a great day today, and I hope you've enjoyed the guests as much as I have, Tom Stout of Burston Marketing, and also uh, hearing about how to buy now and pay later. Hey, sounds like a good idea. Anyway, uh, we always end the program on a high note, and that's with uh, great good news. Love our good news stories. I personally can't get enough of them. They make me feel good. And uh, the, the more I hear about people doing kind things in the world, the better I feel. So Jimmy Dean is the one we pull in for the, the big guns, the guru of good news. Jimmy, thanks so much for being here as always. My pleasure. Good to see so you. So what do you always. have for us today? I, I always like to be surprised. I know. Well, I do my best to do that. Well, anyway, this first story, you know, whenever we go see a game, let's say a basketball game, we have the players, but we also have the referee. And usually the referee doesn't get noticed unless, let's say, there's a bad call or something like that. Well, this is a really heartwarming story. This referee got noticed in a very good way because there was an act of kindness, actually a very heroic act, 
as a result of a basketball player helping save his life on the court. It happened recently in New York. It was during a minor league basketball game, and the referee uh, during the game unfortunately collapsed. Uh, it looked like he might lose his life. Well, thankfully, there's a 25-year-old basketball player who plays for a team uh, outside the city, and he happens to be a firefighter, by the way, and he just did not hesitate. His name is Miles Copeland, and what happened was he decided to take off his basketball hat and put on his fireman hat and immediately rushed to this referee's rescue. He uh, assessed the situation and immediately administered CPR after that, and the good news, by the way, that the referee's life was saved in about 10 minutes. Uh, he was able to get off the court. They wheeled him off. He was alert and talking. While all of this was unfolding, David Magley, who was the president of the minor league uh, basketball association uh, in new york at that time watching this all unfold like everybody else in the crowd was very shocked to see he thought oh my god the referee is changing colors uh, he's going to lose him i mean it, it was not looking very very good when he noticed this young man spring into action he didn't know who what it was that saved that person's life well it turns out that it was one of their players and he didn't realize that well miles turned back to the president of the league says it's okay I'm a firefighter, and uh, really good job uh, by him saving that person's life, uh, that referee's life, just knowing his instincts were right there, that he was able to do it. Just get the right place at the right time, but just a wonderful story, very heartwarming that he saved that referee's life. I think that's great. You know, you think of the firefighters as being the very, you know, some of the very bravest out there, and yet I don't think of them as being you know, lifesavers, like an EMT type of thing, but I guess they do have to have that medical training as well right because mm -hmm. i guess if so if they pull people out of a, a burning house they they might have to attend to their respiratory needs or whatever exactly well even police officers today i i understand need that training oh is that right bob okay yeah. well it makes sense to me because i mean the last thing you want to do is have to wait for you know especially if you're in new york city when you're dealing with traffic and everything else. So to have uh, someone right there who knows this. You know, every time I hear a story like that, I say to myself, I'm going to go get, uh, what is it, a certi certified in, in CPR. I have yet to do it. You do want to do I, it, though. I, I should. Do you know how to do it? Me Jim? personally, no. But I, I know somebody actually did save my life. Uh, a long story. Like, I was, I was having one of those uh, chips... And it kind of got stuck in my throat, and one of my friends actually did the Heimlich maneuver on me and saved my life. This is when I was in middle school. I never told you this story, but that's yes. A, that's a pretty gutsy thing to do. Yeah. I, really. I'm not trying to make a joke. No, I'm just saying it actually did happen. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, I'm still here, hey, so thankfully I'm here. We're, we're thank you to your, uh, big thank you to your friend. I hope you're still friends with him. Oh, of course. Well, her. It's her, actually. I've known her since That's since impressive right school. there. Yeah. Uh, her. I never told you that story. I have a feeling that was before you got all those big, huge muscles, Jim. You're probably right about that. <laughs> Trying to give you a Heimlich, you know, in the eighth yes. grade or whatever. You were probably still a little bit on the, you know, skinny side. In the middle, <laughs> yes. That's true. All right. Wonderful. Do you have any more you can throw in there real quick before we end the show today? Oh, yes. Well, you know I love furries. Well, I want to tell you about, you know how a random act of kindness goes a long way. Well, I want to tell you about the story about a grieving dog owner who uh, uses the online retailer Chewy. Uh, that's a, a retailer that uses, uh, you know, supplies dog food and other products. Well, anyway, Ambrose's dog... Uh, named Gus recently passed away, and she had previously had bought a bag of dog food that was unopened. She didn't know what to do with it. She called a person with a retail, retailer company, Chewy, and said, what do I do with this? Uh, should I just return it? Do I get a full refund? She said, yeah, you'll get a full refund. Just donate it to a local shelter. But here's what makes this really, she, this random act of kindness so lovely, and oh, how lovely it was. 
this woman also received some flowers from the person that she spoke to on the phone about all this. And this went viral. This whole thing went viral on Twitter. Uh, she had about uh, 700,000 likes, hundreds of comments about what happened about the, the, these flowers and say, hope it lifts your spirits. One of the users said, you know, it's really great that she donated to one of our shelters because it is legit. Because since... 2012, about 10 years ago when we started, they've donated over $97 million worth of supplies to rescue and animal shelters all over the country. And this was extra special in this because not only do they reach out and make this woman feel better, lift her spirits with those flowers, they're helping uh, other people you know, with their pets with these supplies. So I think it's just a wonderful thing that they did. And uh, again, the kindness of the heart of that woman to do that for Anne, just great. I'm sure she made it feel so much better. Hmm. You know what? Isn't that true? Can you imagine getting flowers from somebody you spoke to, customer service, on the phone? A stranger. Yeah, absolutely. That is really beautiful stuff. Well, now that I have my little rescue puppy, Dosi Do is mm-hmm. her name, um, I always shop at uh, this store called Pet Supplies Plus in Elkhart. And they have a thing at the front where you can donate food on your way out to various shelters in the area. So I always buy my extra bag of cat food and now i'm going to be buying extra cans of dog food Good. since I, yeah i'll have to represent all species here eventually i'll be maybe buying some uh, fish food too i don't know but um yeah no i i, I love doing that because it makes you feel like like i don't know you're helping in some small way you but, are yeah, thank you so much, Jim. Love the good news. Love Always. the kindness of strangers and family and people alike. It goes a long way when you put those good vibes out into the world and try to make someone's life better. It truly does. And for that, we thank you, Bob, always making the show better. Thank you for being my engineer. My pleasure. <laughs> and Jim, too. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We will talk to you next time on the way home. Thank you to Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. Don't forget to order yours and stay healthy. And put Laura into the promo code. That's L-A-U-R-A. Have a great week. Lots of love from the way home.